Welcome to the She Wolf Podcast with Raquel and Sarah. Real talks to real toxic, where nothing is left off the table. Hello, She Wolves. Welcome to the second week of our podcast. This is Sarah. And I'm Raquel. And today we are going to be talking about self care, something that is truly needed in my life right now. I don't know, Sarah, you agree? (laughs) Absolutely. Self care is needed every single day in my life. And um, finding the balance is actually really hard. Um, Both of us being business owners, we discuss this frequently, and I still don't think we figured it out. (laughs) No, not at all. So in You know, I was in class yesterday and we were talking about how we all kind of need a spa day. And I don't know if you ever heard of this kind of treatment before. It's um, it's like a deep exfoliation. It's a Korean style exfoliant type of massage. And they scrape off apparently all of your dead skin. <laughs> and oh my god, my classmates were saying like it's like tootsie rolls, like on the floor, like how much dead skin that they scrape off of you. And I thought this is fascinating. And for some reason, this seemed like self care to me. <laughs> I was like I need to scrape off all of my dead skin. And um, yeah, so apparently it's pretty popular in uh, in Korea. And it's just something I've never heard of before, but. Uh, something that totally intrigued me that I really wanted to try. I don't know if you ever heard of it before. I've never heard of that. There was another treatment that I heard where um, I think it was probably on like a TikTok video or something where um, in the back of one of the uh, massage places, they had this like bathroom that they give you one of those like full body treatments and they weren't expecting it though because they thought they were getting a massage and they ended up getting like a full body wash down. Is it that or is it something else? No, that's that's what they were saying. You get this like deep exfoliation, wash down. They put like milky butter all over your skin. And I don't know, like, you know, being 36, that just sounds very appetizing. (laughs) After all my hard work, I feel like, yeah, I feel like like energy sticks to me after doing yoga and, you know, school and acupuncture and just like all these, just like so many energies around me. And I just feel like they compulsively like, you know, just kind of get glued to my body. So it sounded amazing um, to get, I don't know, exfoliated, exfoliated for <laughs> over an hour. <laughs> I just like how that's my entertainment nowadays. No, that sounds awesome. And to tag on to how much self-care I really haven't been allowing myself, I got a hour massage as a gift for my birthday last year, which is July 24th. And I still haven't used it. The gift certificate is still in my purse. It's April. Man, that's crazy. Next year. I'm almost yeah. up to, I'm no, to my birthday this year than last year. <laughs> now it's crazy because I've realized that I don't know. I guess 90% of my week I'm doing things for other people, which is mm-hmm. kind of wild. Like whether it's talking to other people about their problems or holding space or even just like taking a test for a teacher. I feel like I'm doing that for them. It's not even for me. <laughs> right. So it's just this constant, like showing up for everyone around me, but showing up for myself is, it should be fundamental, but it's weird how quickly that goes out the window when you have multiple businesses and you're just a busy person. But you know, number one has to be your health and your diet. I mean, my diet is atrocious right now. It's coffee and maybe one meal a day eggs if I'm lucky. I don't know if you're kind of in the same boat or you've been nourishing yourself a little more. 
recently. Um, I've been more mindful in the past, especially now um, living with my partner for the past year. Um, initially, when they move in, you're like, oh, F it. Like, let's treat ourselves. I'm going to make him special things. I want to make baked goods, show him I can bake, you know. So, like, all of my past um, healthy choices went to the wind. And then now I have the consequences of that. I gained some weight. And um, yes, I've been more mindful recently as he wanted to be as well. So we're working in um, much more mindful choices like grilled chickens and salads. And um, now we're up to trying to work fitness back in um, because just there's not enough hours in the day. The day seems shorter these past couple of years, ever since um, the shutdown, at least for me, I don't know if you feel that, but um, it's just still navigating this new reality after that shutdown that I, I'm getting there, but I don't feel like I have it fully figured out yet. And it's just, um, quite a journey. Yeah. Let's talk about that because it's, I hear this across the board where people are kind of losing their inspiration to work out, losing their inspiration to do anything good for themselves. And honestly, I feel the same way, like almost like this, there's this like creepy future that doesn't exist and there's no reason to do anything for anymore. And I don't know if this is just what's in the air collective energy, but it's definitely really interesting how many people say that where they have no desire. Like back in the day, I feel like I used to work out because, you know, you're trying to find your mate <laughs> or somebody, right? Like you're like doing all this work for a reason. And nowadays you kind of ask yourself, and maybe it's a spiritual evolution, like why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, what's the purpose of all of this? And um, it kind of leaves you in this limbo state where you're not, you just have no motivation. Yeah, well, there's so much unknown. And this is actually taking quite a turn. But um, there's a lot of unknown that we've experienced for the past three years, because 2020 showed us that anything can happen. And there's so much of the unknown that there's nothing to predict anymore. And so I don't know if that led the collective to an apathetic nature of or being more present. Being present is a great thing that um, a lot of us have tried to achieve for so long. And I feel like we just naturally evolved into presence um, because there's no way to live for the future anymore. And there's been so many shifts. We can talk about this for hours, but even where People aren't thinking about lifelong careers. They're more thinking about what are they doing in the moment to make money and what's making me happy right now. And if they're not happy in their careers, they just leave and go to another company. There's um, no loyalty there anymore. And I think it's more because people are serving themselves um, just because anything can happen any day and we all have to look out for ourselves. And I don't know, there's just, it's, it's, it's a lot yeah, of, I don't know. Yeah, we were given like a gift of time. Right. Like all this time was kind of wasted, scattered chi, like scattered energy looking for, you know, our next success or our next grounding moment. And in reality, we are, um, you know, when we had that time, that space to play, it almost seemed like the most more natural thing to do. Like everything mm -hmm. seemed unnatural, right? Like going for success and money, like nobody ever on their deathbed said that I wish I worked more. And I think right. that with having that vacation, because to me, COVID was a vacation. I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, get in trouble with anybody. I know some people really went through grief and whatnot, but you know, in my life, things were pretty neutral. And when going through it, I was able to kind of take time for myself and inner reflect and work on myself. I mean, you and I were practicing yoga like six hours a day. Like I don't know many people that um, 
are doing that now, let's say, now that we're back to the grind, back to work. And I kind of miss that. I miss being able to practice and not work as much because now it's flipped back to where it used mm-hmm. to be, where I'm working 80%, 90% of the time and only practicing 10. So I think that that gift of vacation, that space that we all had, um, it kind of brought introspection where it's like, why are we doing all of this stuff? Like, what's the point of trying to, you know, gain so much material or success or recognition? Like, there's no value in it. It was just nice to sit home for a change. And I feel like more people have, because we have observed that together, it's almost like you, you don't want to, you don't want the same things that you used to. And coming to that uh, realization is almost scary. And it's, it's, it feels wrong, but I know it's the right thing, spiritually speaking. Yeah, we were very fortunate to be in that bubble. And I'm glad that we had all spent it together because it just gave us a different dose of reality that made us realize and a perspective that everything that we live now that we kind of fell back into, which is what it was prior to 2020 was man-made and where's the motivation, right? It's not when we stopped and we slowed down, it's not what our souls wanted. Like our souls wanted to slow down and be there in the present moment and practice and get to know ourselves. And we made such um, fast growth in that short period of time because we were able to completely immerse ourselves in that time and whether it was necessary just for those couple months or if that's what we should be doing there's never an answer of what's right or wrong but um at least for me it definitely gave me that perspective switch of wow like what really should we be doing with our time on earth and a lot of people are in agreement that it's not to just grind like we're here trying to uphold the stigma and keep up with the joneses and keep up with expectation of capitalism and what's been put into our laps and like our lives have kind of been formed for us like go to school for 12 years go to college for four to ten um get a job and then work until you hopefully don't die (laughs) you know and i mean that can't be all there is to life and during 2020 i think that's what a lot of people really did realize and it changed how a lot of us think and act and react to things now and um now it did change, I think, all of our auras, you know, and it's just, it hasn't been the same. It's just very different. And I just don't um, have answers. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it. you know, it's just funny, because the desires, like, obviously, I'm hustling, I have three yoga studios, and, you know, in school and treating people. And um, it's just funny because the reason I'm doing all this stuff is just because it's bleeding out of me. Like I love to do it, but Mm -hmm. there's a part of me too, that I was saying this earlier. I mean, not on this podcast, but in general that I want to start having a simpler life, like keep it small, keep it all and just start to shrink it in. And I find that fascinating that that shift happened really after COVID, right? I went through like contraction and then super expansion. And then I'm like, what am I doing this for? It needs to get smaller again. And um, there's a big fear inside of me to do that, to shrink things back in because um, there's also a habit from before COVID that, you know, you have to go bigger, you need more success, you need more things, yes. more of this. And it's just crazy how ingrained that habit is, but also how, how observant I am of that habit. And then this like internal war that's going on 
because keeping it simple is probably the hardest thing for me. Like just accepting simplicity of life, even though it's where my heart is the happiest. Like if I'm outside gardening or if I'm going for a walk or I don't know, just kind of simple things make me really, really happy now. But it's funny because I'm still at war internally with myself to simplify, even though I mm-hmm. know it's like the best thing spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why can't that just be enough? And now there's a battle versus what we know our soul is calling for, which is everything that you had just said for you versus what society's society is expecting of us, what our bills are saying that we need to make. And that's a big difference. So um, where do we blend that? Right? Like how much do we do of our because Okay, here's for me, like you can, I can do all these things that make me happy. But then if it's not bringing in enough money, then like that's creating a different kind of stress. And so I think a lot of us could agree that we're in this. We're walking this line of what's right and what's enough. Um, Because if we're going to do what makes our soul happy, but if that is just like painting watercolor in our basement, that's not, (laughs) you know, that's not serving anybody and it's not getting the bills paid. So um, there's, I think, a a line of being realistic, but also finding that balance, hopefully of what still makes you happy. And the goal is to do for a career, what makes us happy. But, um, for those that don't have that option, you know, like not everyone has the time to even soul search and find that out. Um, so I don't know if that's realistic for everybody or if it's relatable, but, um, that's kind of how I feel and also trying new things like for me. So, it was music for 25 years of my life. I play viola and that was my heart's calling. That's what I went to school for. I started a business doing that. I played music for fun weekly and overnight, Raquel, it turned off. I don't know what still, what was the purpose of that being in my life so profoundly for so long. And then it shifted and now I build websites and that makes me happy. But then on the other side of the token, I love teaching yoga. I love taking yoga. I love the healing arts and all of this. So I fortunately have been in a position where I was able to play and try out all of these things while still being able to support myself. But um, in a way of giving advice for other people to do that, I really don't know. It's, it's trying to, again, find the balance, right. Of still performing and doing what's realistic to be able to support yourself financially while still being able to play and enjoy your life. Yeah, I think anytime you're sacrificing your self-care for like material gains or success, then you're going in the wrong direction. I feel like that has been my compass that I've been noticing that, um, you know, like if I'm not getting my hair done or my nails done, I mean, to me, that's self-care. That's all I need. It's pretty simple, actually. It's getting my nails done, my hair done, getting a facial, you know, going to the spa and if I can't do that in a week, like in my week, then I know that something's off, that I'm striving too much or I'm working too hard. So um, it's something to really, I think everyone needs to take notice of. And that's why I wanted to talk today that if you're in that position where you're just not taking care of yourself or nourishing yourself and feeding that inner child, then you're just doing a disservice to actually your potential outcome anyways for your success because you're going to run yourself dry and then you're going to, you know, tap out within <laughs> like two months and be like, I'm done. And then you just lose your motivation. You lose your creativity. 
So um, no, I think self self care should be number one. And that's something my brother said to me recently. He was like, look, like, he's like, you're, you're thinking about this backwards. Like your self care has to be one and then everything else comes after that. So that's a good compass. I think if you're lacking doing the things that you love for you, then you have to reevaluate. And I'm sure moms can relate to this. Anybody that has a child, it seems like the children and everyone else are always number one. And they're Mm -hmm. just kind of like in the background, (laughs) eating scraps or um, taking little naps on the couch, sneaking them in for five minutes. But I don't Mm want to live that life anymore. And that's something that, um, you know, it's starting to come to a head. Like, no, I just need a good bath and, you know, kind of like a jacuzzi. And I'm just sick of the grind. Yeah. And revive your soul. Like when we allow that burnout to happen, it's because we neglected that call for so long and um, removing that guilt of, listening to that call. So, I mean, we say it all the time too, oh, I wish I could take a bath. Oh, I need a massage. And like, sometimes we'll do it. Like you and I talk almost every single day and we'll say, okay, yes, this is what we're doing this week. And we do it. But then there's weeks that we allow to go by without, we, we just work and grind and that's it. And for me, at least I'm working on removing that guilt of if I were to go get a massage or go get my nails done, that I could have been spending that time doing something else because the other side of the coin is that self-care is the least selfish thing that you can do because you're now filling your cup so you can show up more fully as your whole self to the world, to your responsibilities. Because if you're burned out, you are not performing to your capabilities. So even the work you are putting in is lacking creativity it's lacking color it's lacking passion and it's because you're completely drained and so this is what i remind myself especially being in a creative space that if i'm not taking care of myself then myself one and then my immediate friends my family my clients they're all going to suffer just because i didn't do my due diligence and take care of myself so um i'm taking certain steps where if i get a calling where even if it's just like sarah go take a 30 minute nap or i want that piece of cake, something simple, like that's self-care for me. I love food, <laughs> but, um, don't we yeah, all. even just, yeah. Going for that walk, like oh, the beach. Oh my gosh. The beach. If I don't go to the beach this summer, yell at me, please. Because three years in a row now I've bought that beach pass, the parking pass. And I think I've used it twice and I live three minutes from the beach. You know that. And that is a prime example of lacking self-care because I feel so guilty just to go sit at the beach for two hours. Like, what is that? Yeah. You know what it is too? Like, I feel like because I practice yoga, I'm able to hold so much energy, like more, almost like it comes from my savings account, right? You have this like energy bank and you have a savings account and I pull from my savings account constantly. And when it starts to get low, then I refill myself and I know how to refill my energy really quickly. And this is almost a disservice because you're constantly just emptying, refilling, emptying, refilling, And really, it should never get to empty. It should kind of just be like halfway and then you start to refill. But I developed this ability to, and, you know, I think anybody could relate who practices a lot of yoga, you can hold energy or teaching yoga, right? Like in the beginning, you can only teach two classes, let's say, before you're wiped out. And then as time goes on, five classes, you know, I'm up to 17 classes a week. And it honestly feels like a walk in the park. I'm just like, all right, I got to teach. And it's nothing. But it is something and it's, it takes away a little bit from my energy, but I'm so used to replacing, you know, 
repleting and replacing going back and forth that I'm not even aware when, um, I don't know, like I just, it's just almost like I had this habitual give and take constantly in my system that I need to stop before it gets to, you know, it's almost like your car runs out of gas. Like you don't, it's not good to go to like gas station when it's on complete empty, which is what I always do. So I guess it's metaphoric and symbolic of my life, but right. Try to like fill up maybe halfway, like when it's halfway, you know, empty, then you fill up and your, you know, your mind will feel a lot better about that. But yeah, notorious for emptying fully and filling quickly, emptying fully. And I know I take two yoga classes. It fills up in, you know, 0.2 seconds. But that's not really the way it should go about. It should accumulate for for a long time, you know, maybe a month of practice. And then you start to spill out. How typical is that of human nature, though? Like we all wait for something to be wrong before fixing it regarding life, regarding our health. So it only makes sense that we do that with our energy, too, um, because unless we're in complete distress, we don't see anything wrong rather than just maintaining this constant of good health, <laughs> we wait for something to break. And then we're like, oh, that needs to be fixed. It needs attention. So yeah, I think becoming more aware, just making it a lifestyle rather than something that has to be fixed. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just like, everyone talks about this divine masculine and feminine is very much like the masculine type of energy. I feel like that has been in society for so many years because nourishment is really of divine feminine, right? So I'm not talking about if you're female or male, that's not the topic, but I'm talking about like the energy, the feminine energy is more about nourishment. It's about moving slow. It's about caring. And I feel like when you're driving for success as, as a woman personally, right? Like driving for success, you're moving into more of a masculine type of energy. And then right there, you kind of start to lose that, that nourishment because you're in this process of like going for things, reaching for things. And just that alone, that like hunting, right? That's what I feel like we're doing when we're we're doing businesses. We're like kind of hunting, <laughs> hunting for customers or whatever it is. And you're yeah. moving into that, that very masculine part of you, right? Because everyone has equal parts of masculine and feminine. So, you know, you're moving into that space and it teeters too much. And, you know, you kind of, then you lose that, that space to take care and to honor yourself and then as, especially as a woman, it leaves you feeling even more empty because if you're not having that part of you, then, you know, what else is there? You just become this like robot, you know, robot of rationality and striving. And it's, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel settled. And the root of me feels unhinged when this happens, right. maybe even more emotional too. Oh, so you have school for another week, right? And how many yes. months do you have off? Um, I have offered three months. How do you feel about that? And do you feel like your energy is going to be more balanced now? Because not for nothing, like we were talking about how you feel overworked and it's because you are <laughs> like, there's that real reality as well, where we have to give ourselves credit when we just have too much to do. And that's you. Yeah. But you know, what's funny. It's because like, you know, obviously after COVID, like businesses get hit hard and it's still getting built, right? Especially one of the studios that we opened, you know, freshly out of COVID, not the best idea, but um, I feel like I do have to nourish the studios like more on this break, but I am trying to be super cognizant and mindful of my schedule. Like, 
I only plan on hustling for another year. That's kind of my, you know, kind of sacrifice. I hate to use the word sacrifice because it shouldn't be a sacrifice, but um, I only plan on doing this for one more year, like really pumping my energy. But during the summer, I do have a plan to be a little more mindful of my schedule and maybe even just doing like four days of hardcore work and then three days completely off. But it's hard because, you know, when I'm doing healings or yoga classes, they're all over the place. That's part of the issue of my career, right? You teach at 9.30 a.m. and then you have off from 10.30, let's say, until 6 p.m. And then you have to go back into work. So that chaotic schedule is not chaotic, but that space type of schedule it's hard to have any kind of rhythm because you kind of get pumped up and then you relax and then you have to get pumped up again and then things come up after that. So um, I'm trying to find the balance in that. It's just not easy, especially when teachers just randomly call out. And in the summer, they do call out a lot, a lot more than usual. Um, so that's the hard part about owning a yoga studio is that no matter what you're kind of moving, even though I'm off from school, I think I'll feel a lot better without that school stress, but I still have, you know, I have to be mindful to not fill my schedule because I have off. Right. And already my tendency is to do that. I'm like, oh, I'm going to add more yoga classes and I'm going to take on more clients this day. And it's probably not the best idea. <laughs> yeah. I have a free two hours in my 12 hour day. Let's fill it. Like, no, let's eat. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, it's but Yeah. I mean, we're like, everything's ha- habitual, right? So you have to break habits and you have to reform new ones. I, I read the book. What is it? Um, Atomic Habits. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's from this book. No, it's not from this book. It's from another book that I cannot think of right now. But it talks about how they did a study where it takes 66 days to actually change your habits. So we always hear the 21 days, but actually when they did the studies on it, it showed up that it takes about 66 days. So, you know, if you have a habit and I have many habits that need to be broken to redo that, you just have to do one at a time. Right. And it's not, it's, it's not so easy, but you know, that's my goal this year is to declutter. I want to live like a minimalist, which I don't think will ever happen, but <laughs> I know I'm saying that, but it's really hard to read for yeah, five years. We've been talking about. Raquel and I have yeah. a shopping problem. <laughs> that's for another and- topic. <laughs> it's a yeah. mindful one now, but we both catch each other when we're making excuses about why we need something and we call each other out on it because and then um, we still buy it so that's a whole other topic it's worse when we both talk each other into why we need it yeah that's true well you know it's funny too like being a yoga teacher i think people expect me to be this like perfect person that i have no issues or no like my issue like i have materialism issues i'm completely aware of it i've been working on it for the past like two years and i've been much better than i used to be um, but yeah, no, I mean, this is part of, this is actually a profound saying that someone said to me, um, I don't even know a few months ago, this girl that I met and she said, Raquel, you know, you're in trouble when the things that you have, have you. And I thought that was so profound because I realized when she said that I was like, the things that I have, have me, right. Whether it's things that you bought and you have bills to pay for them or, you know, it's too many studios that you have, this is you know, I don't want that lifestyle anymore. So actively this year, I've been working toward that to not let the things that I have have me like I have every intention when school's over is to like clean out my apartment. I'm actually looking forward to it now. And that's part of self care too is decluttering is getting rid of stuff and 
you know, keeping space, allowing space. And it's just, it's, I don't know, that, that saying to me changed my life, actually it changed the course of my life. And it made me want to shrink and get smaller. But, you know, doing that takes letting go and letting go of attachments too. And it's not easy, you know, when the things, this is actually, this is really random, but um, one of my professors was talking about oxytocin. You've heard of oxytocin, right? In your body. So um, part of attachment has to do with oxytocin releases because it's almost like a drug, right? So, I mean, it is like a drug in your mind. So let's say you're dating someone, right? And they, they cause you to release oxytocin, right? When you love them and it becomes like a drug. So when you need to break up with them, right? You don't get that fix anymore of oxytocin. So what do you do? You go, you try to find another person to get that dose of oxytocin, right? And it perpetually Mm -hmm. goes on and on. And I realized that, you know, of course I get my oxytocin dose from my husband, but also I get it from the yoga studios and, you know, all these other things. So you have a lot of attachments to the things that give you these oxytocin boosts. But when you become aware of that, then you could, you know, you're aware that it actually is part of the chemical. You just have to exchange it with things that give you oxytocin equally, but it's not like a material thing, right? So your oxytocin that releases causes you to get attached to the thing that creates that release of oxytocin. So it's like, it's crazy because, you know, it's something inside of you, but it acts as, you know, you can become addicted to that just like you know. So, you know, your husband, oh, that he gives me an oxytocin boost. So you're addicted to that, you know, yoga. Oh, I'm addicted to that. So that's part of when the things that you have start to have you (laughs) because the things that you have, if they give you those oxytocin releases, that's it. Like you're attached to it. So you can look at it very biologically as well. And, you know, that also too is letting, teaching me to set free. So instead of, let's say, go for something else that'll give me an oxytocin release, like shopping, maybe if I just sing a song and write a song, I get equal oxytocin. So put my energy in there and then teach my body that that is where I get my most connection instead of materialism or another person or, right. It doesn't make any sense. And do that for 66 days, create a new habit of of changing your oxytocin release. Maybe I can change my oxytocin release to be cleaning. (laughs) I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's possible. I guess. I feel like my I'm gonna have a huge oxytocin release. I mean, I don't have the camera on right now. That's why we're not filming today. But besides my lack of hair job, but um, I feel like like my apartment, and we live in a very small apartment, my husband and I. But it's like it's just getting smaller and smaller. Piles of clothes on the couch. Like it's so bad right now. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's going to give me a big release if I, if I clean. It will. And we've talked about this in the past too, actually with one of, um, our teachers in a circle of all of us discussing our stuff where we have these non-tangible weights in our head of whether it's like, I have to do laundry, I have to clean, I have to go put this piece of mail or this bill um, out in the mailbox and it's like, wait, right. And then once it's, it's lingering there. So even though we don't see it, it's always in the back of our head. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And if we have a list of like 10 things like that, you know, that are severely weighing on us, like we've talked about the messes in our house that have to be cleaned often. And even though it's not always there to discuss, it's still a weight in our mind. And once something of that stature has been completed and done, it's the biggest relief 
ever. And it's worth taking the time to do those things and to prioritize them, whether it's just chipping away at it or doing your best or, oh, I want to clean out this room, but I'm not ready to part with all of it. Part with 10% of it. It still feels like you made an accomplishment and we have to do better at patting ourselves on the back for those small accomplishments because it was really something that we weren't ready to face at all. So right now, my boyfriend and I have a goal of doing one room at a time in the house because when you see a whole house that has to be done and the whole house is a mess and has to be updated and fixed and plumbing and a fence outside and we have to build a shed and all this is going on, it's so overwhelming. And taking big projects like that rather than allowing that overwhelming feeling to consume you and then nothing gets done, just like anything in life, breaking it down into little teeny steps and congratulating those small moments when you do that one little step. Wow, I did that. I got that done. My kitchen table is cleaned off. Good job. You know, have a bottle of wine that night. Good for you. And then when you're ready, moving on to that next step. And that I think is a a better approach than um, just seeing an entire project and just like beating ourselves up Um, about what's not getting done. Because I think this pattern, now tying it back in, is a pattern with overworking and high expectations of ourselves, even with like working too much, right? Where we're just pushing, pushing, pushing for the ceiling that never appears um, because the potential is technically limitless until burnout happens. Yeah, you know, it's, one of my friends was telling me, he was like, you have too many open loops. I was like, what the heck is that? And mm. it's so true. It's, it's There's like a whole theory of this. And I didn't look too much into it. He just kind of told me about it. And I was like, oh, my God, I have like millions of open loops. I, you know, and not because I actually finish projects pretty well. And, you know, like if I need to write something, I write it and I finish it. But there are, because of the yoga studio, I have a lot of open loops if somebody messages me and, you know, I need a few days to get back to them or, you know, I'm waiting for them to respond to finish. That's an open loop right there. So mm-hmm. every project that you have, let's say like I have a project due on Sunday, like that's going to be an open loop until the end of Sunday, right? That loop, that door just opened and my, you know, part of my self-care, well, the intention to go moving forward is to start closing as many loops as possible because I have mm-hmm. endless loops. And especially when people are constantly coming at me, you know, there's just opening loops like, hey, can you fix my membership? And let's say I'm not in front of the computer and we have my phone. I can't do that. Right. So sometimes like having, you know, it's like, all right, well, I'll get to this loop later on. And then I wrote out a to-do list literally yesterday and it was like a hundred things that I still have to do. I'm like, those are all open loops, but it's insane. And I'll get them done because yeah, I'm a nutcase. I'll get them done. But it somewhere in the back end of my subconscious, there's no way this is healthy for me. I know it's not, but this is, you know, the self-care first is like, you have to become aware of all your crazy, like you have all your crazy attributes. And like I said, I take on a lot because I can, but it doesn't mean I have to. So it's definitely, you know, that open loop series. I'm always thinking about that. Like, oh my God, another loop just opened (laughs) and kind of, I got to close this loop. I got to, how many loops? I have like endless loops floating around my head (laughs) at all times. And then when I forget something, I don't know if you ever experienced this. When I forget something, I like beat myself up. But then I think I'm like, the average person has nowhere near as many loops as I have. And, and, you know, of course it's my doing, I'm not a victim of it. Like I put myself 
in these situations that I'm in, but it's kind of wild, you know? I mean, the yoga studios, maybe not because I had partners that decided to move and come off of it. I never planned on owning three yoga studios by myself. Now it's nicer owning them alone. Cause I'm kind of like, I don't have to answer to anybody and there's none mm -hmm. of this back and forth, but it's hard to hold the energy. So, um, definitely was, um, sorry, my cat just jumped on my computer and almost ruined everything. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's definitely, you know, definitely interesting being in this role. I see my capacity. I see how much energy I can hold. Now, do I need to, do I want to No, because I want to go get my hair done, my nails done, and I want to hang out with my husband. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is life, right? Where we beat ourselves up, but we're not expected to have it figured out. That's what the journey is about. And we experience different things throughout life. And it just packs on as we get older. Like that in my 30s is something that I really came to realize. I looked back at like, say my young 20s or late teens, and I used to not need a calendar, you know, and of course, it's because I was doing less. But even when I was in college, I would remember my schedule, everything I was doing, even if I was adding on something and I had a, like a planner and a calendar, but like, I didn't look at it every single day or even every single week. Like I knew my schedule. And now if you even give me five things to do next week and tell me to remember the days and the times it's not happening. Like there's absolutely no way. And so rather than, like you said, becoming a victim to it, it's more finding the tools as we get busier and older and have more responsibilities and things that we need to take care of and are on our shoulders. And if we drop it, nobody's picking it up, how to now balance that and how to handle it. So rather than becoming a victim to it, like I've had plenty of people come to me and say like, oh yeah, well, this is just how I am. And I'm just going to forget, or I'm just going to whatever. Like, no, like if you have a weakness, like look at that weakness and say, how can I add a tool to make that better? And so for me, I'm looking right here at my planner and it's what made me think of it. I always wanted to use a planner, like becoming a business owner within these past five, six years. And I've never found a good use for it. And then this year, um, it was suggested to me to take the to-do list that I already made and then look at my planner and then place the items in the planner. And for me, I was like, okay, I don't like structure. That doesn't work for me, but I found a way to like loosely plan my day where I only do one day at a time. And I take what I want to do that day and I place it on a time, but I don't say from like nine to 10, I do nine o'clock and I leave like a four hour gap and I see how long it takes. And if it doesn't get done, I just adapt throughout the day. And so now I took my weakness and I applied it to a new strategy that I finally molded and twisted and, tr and tried. And this year, I'm so proud of myself ever since the new year, the first week I've been implementing this strategy. And when I tell you how productive I've been years prior to that, I feel like I've been running in circles, wasting hours, staring at my screen because I didn't have any plan. And now so much has gotten done and it feels so absolutely good. So um, I really think it's important for us all to look at like where we're lacking and then finding a solution, but it's not going to be the first shot, right? Like we're going to say, I think this might work. And then if that doesn't happen, okay, let's trash that. That's not going to work for me. Let's try something else. And just going down the line of these different strategies of what's going to aid your problem, right. And where you're lacking. And then hopefully you land on something, but that's how we navigate life. It's finding things throughout life and learning ourselves and just 
leaving space for that growth and being forgiving in the process. Yeah, I mean, if you don't see it, you can't change it, right? Mm-hmm. I envy, I have a teacher right now that I totally envy. She's like, oh, I'm going to go away to, you know, I don't know, this like wolfing, is that what it's called? I'm just going to go away to wolfing and I guess, you know, I don't know what they do, farm or something <laughs> to live oh, off the where? land. Wait, hold on, you got to back up. In what Hawaii. Yeah, wolfing. <laughs> have you ever heard of this? No. Oh, that? okay. I'm saying this. I guess like I'm so used to all these hippies being around me. It's just like a very normal thing. But they do they go and they work on like the land, right? They work on, okay. you know, like in Hawaii, they live on some person's property or whatever. My and in exchange, Yeah, yeah. In exchange, they just like farm and everything. And when I was like this person's age, I was not thinking of doing things like this. I'm like, I have to succeed. I have to finish my nursing license. I have to get a family. I have to get a house. Like this is my, and I'm looking at this girl and I'm like, I'm so jealous of you because you have no plan. Like, and you're completely okay with it. Like you have no, like, like part of me is like, you're going to have to marry rich because I don't know how the heck, like you have no future. But then like, who am I to say that? Because it's not true. But like, you kind of look at it because I know this person will succeed and all the stars are going to align and they're going to end up exactly where they need to. But my wired brain, my like millennial mind is like, no, like you need to get structure and a job. And like, what are you doing? You have zero future. And maybe I am right. I don't know. But it seems like, like, the amount of peace and growth that this this young girl has at my studio is way beyond I like where I was when I was her age. And I was like, she kind of did it right. You know, like later on in my life, I got to travel and, you know, it's not that I never traveled, but I didn't do it that like loosely. I still like was tethered to New York and, you know, thinking like success, success. So I, I envy, um, I envy the generation below us because they're just so free. They're like, Oh, let me go to like, let me work as a waitress for six months out of the year. And then we go travel for like four and it makes no difference where I land or what happens next. And they just go back as a waitress and they're completely content and happy. I mean, at least it looks like that from the outside. Right. But yeah, well, I mean, recent events prove that, right. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter. Like what if the world shuts down again and like, at least they got to go, to Japan, you know what I mean? Like, and then we're sitting here busting our asses and then the world's gonna end in a year. (laughs) We don't know. And so that calling that people have been getting recently to either like, I don't just not care and they're just doing whatever they want. Like it's, it is beautiful to be present like that. Yeah, I mean, I find myself when the youth comes up to me, the younger girls, and they tell like they are a little bit like me, like structured. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, go travel right now. Like, do not, do not get stuck in a relationship. Do not like, don't get trapped in Long Island. Like, go, go be free, figure yourself out, get it out of your system. And then when you're ready, maybe come back. But, you know, you just start to think sometimes like, am I getting this right? Because you get, like they're not going to have a lot but that's they're it's funny like everything that i obtained like i said before like the things that i have have me everything that i've i like obtained in my life like i'm a i'm almost like a, a, a in jail to it you know i try to look at it positive of course like i have a beautiful community this and that i know it, it you know it's good karmically like i feel like people get a lot out of it but at the same time, it's almost like it's a little bit my jail cell. And I look at these people like traveling <laughs> and woofing, whatever it's called, right? <laughs> it could be the wrong name. And this is what <laughs> someone's going to send us like an email. Like that is not what it's called. But oh if, I think that's what it's called. I'm pretty confident. But 
Um, right. And they do that and they're farming and I'm like, I'm kind of jealous, you know, I'm like, man, what yeah. the hell am I doing right now? Like, you know, I'm like grinding, teaching 17 classes. And granted, I know that some people, you know, they told me like, it's changed our life, the studio. And I'm not saying me, I'm saying the studio itself and the teachers. And so, you know, it's almost like, what's the trade off here? You know, like, mm-hmm. is it worth it? I don't know. I have no answers, but yeah, back to self-care. We got to self-care. And to me right now, woofing sounds like a really lot of self-care, <laughs> like tending to someone else's garden with no responsibilities, no phone calls, no nothing. Oh my God, my life would change. Hey, I have a spare bedroom and I have dirt. <laughs> We're going to need to self Yeah, no, I need to be away. Like not in Long Island. Like if someone told me to garden in their backyard, that seems like work to me. But if you're like, oh, you're going to be in like under palm trees with coconuts and, you know, waves splashing in the back and the occasional yeah. turtle or like lizard rolling on you. Like that to me is like a vacation. It's different scenery. Yeah. But no, you are right. You know, I could come and help you, but I feel like no. <laughs> I got to do three minutes away <laughs> and a free parking pass I don't use. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the one thing that you definitely have is that fire pit. She has a yeah. fire, fire pit. And it's like, it looks like a cauldron. Like, it's like a witch's dream. I feel like you brew little kids in there or something. <laughs> we just had our first fire of the season, actually, when they were um, building in the yard. And uh, mm-hmm. they definitely overloaded it because men tend to th- take things to the next level. And I was working inside and not babysitting them. And <laughs> they were throwing gasoline and and uh, wood. And it was a large bonfire. And now all you see is black soot. And it's completely full. But it is a beautiful fire pit that we're going to utilize this summer, have some events. And um, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get outside. I'm just so happy that it's warming up. I just need like a giant adult nap for like two weeks. Like I need, (laughs) I need two weeks off to just sleep. And then another two weeks off to recover. And then another two weeks off (laughs) to like, do like spa care. And then I think I'll be good. You know, I, I hate to say this, but I sometimes I think we both kind of agree to this where I would redo a lockdown again. <laughs> Not that I want that to happen for the economy or any political reason. I just kind of really liked having that time off. Like, I feel like that should be mandatory now in life. Like world shuts down for two months every year. Aren't there countries in Europe that shut down for at least a week for the holidays or how long? Right. I don't, I honestly have no idea. I should know that because I've traveled a lot, but no, because yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone's, if you own a business and you know, healthcare always has to be on, there's certain things that do have to just always be going, but it was, you know, I would trade a life. I would be indigenous. I would, I would totally have an indigenous life, you know, like even, I don't even need technology anymore. I mean, even though I'm using technology for this podcast, but um, but what I'm saying, like, I would be happy just kind of living out the rest of my years, like on an island with not much to do. I mean, I say this now because I'm so, you know, probably being a New Yorker, you kind of, you're in the wilderness for a week and it's like, all right, time to come back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Here, my boyfriend and I, like, recently we've been talking about like Indonesia and Costa Rica and just like mm-hmm. dipping out, like making a plan, you know, because we look at each other and we're like, what are we doing? We're both stressed. Like you can tell this will feel stressful with the bus. We start arguing and we're like, this isn't us. We're both very fun, lighthearted people. And the stresses of life that society has put in our environment, you know, in our surroundings has created reactions out of us that are just not 
human nature and not normal. And um, the whole thing is fabricated. That's what it comes down to. And that's where like my frustration comes in because I don't know if, if it's even possible. This is just me talking from myself, but I don't know if it's possible with the amount of people on this planet, if even like bartering is possible anymore. I don't know how, how that would even function or work, but that would be such a more beautiful life than everybody working. And it's just so, it stems so much from greed and trying to make as much as possible and how much stuff gets wasted and how many animals die in vain just because they were worried about production rather than meeting what the demand was. And the whole system just seems so broken. And then if you go to these other countries where everyone just lives within their means and they take what's needed rather than extra, you know, like it's, that seems like the right way to live for me. Like that's, I would totally shift to that way of living and I would rather be surrounded by palm trees if I could pick um, and be on a beach and swim every day and take my run on the beach. But um, at this point I, I would move anywhere, even if it meant I was in the snow <laughs> because I am really tired of living like this. Well, you know what people, I guess where we live in Long Island, it's hard. Like mm -hmm. it, the, you know, a one bedroom house, right. That's like a shoe box and broken down starts at like 450,000. It's insane. It's yeah, it's and the taxes too. People don't realize where we live, right? So you go to like North Carolina. I have no idea. I'm guessing, right? I'm pretty sure like taxes are like two thousand a year. Mm -hmm. You know, like where I live, it's fourteen thousand a year. That's like a mortgage in itself. And yes. I sometimes think about that, like how do like the like we have to work in order to live here, you know? And then especially if you've kind of been tied down and you have a job here you know, what else are you going to do? Like I have businesses here I mean, I could sell everything and leave, but my husband has like a pension and all this stuff waiting for him. And, you know, and I think sometimes like, is it worth it waiting for that pension? You know, what do you just work your grind? And for him it is because, you know, obviously he's been working how many years, right. Um, you know, into the system, why give it up now? But it's, you know, it, it just makes it difficult for our generation, you know, not to like cry wolf or, you know, like cry all this, like, Oh my God, we're victims, but it's, no, it's hard where we're living. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta hustle. <laughs> well, the difference is, and this is frequently spoken about recently, how the generational difference, right? Like the generations above us, they were a little more fortunate in that there was more, um, I guess, balance with how much things cost versus how much they make. And I, just for shits and gigs, I looked recently at um, an establishment that was hiring and the salaries they were offering for a job that I would have applied for out, out of college like 10 years ago were pretty much the same mm -hmm. now, which that's a 10 year difference. And what's inflation just from the past couple of years, what they said 6%, is that accurate? But I mean, from 10 years ago, how are you going to tell me, especially living where we live now, that you're not compensating for that so now is the are the companies making and i don't know the answer to these are the companies making more money and they're just not paying out are companies making the same but then why is the cost of living going up it just doesn't seem to make sense and that's my ignorance of like not having done my research of economics but something's wrong there like i don't need to be educated to know that something's wrong i mean you know? it's clearly <laughs> greed too right yeah. because there is an opportunity of the market to start to just increase and inflate prices and everyone's like oh let's do it let's keep increasing all right because i could get more out of people but they're sucking people dry and then what's going to happen is it's all going to i mean it's already imploding we're not going into politics or you know economics but um at the end of the day like it it, it stems from greed like that's even like 
you know, my lifestyle with all of this materialism, like it's greedy, you know, there's, there's people that don't have anything. And part of me, it's like, I look around and I'm like, man, like, you know, no one wants to admit this, right. That they're greedy, but it's, it's really important to take a look at yourself and, and to just like we were talking about earlier, just speak truth, you know, because if you don't see it, you can't change it. Right. And, you know, when you know it, then you have to do something about it. And for me, sometimes I look around and I see all the beautiful things that I have. And it's just, it is it's like, you don't need this much. You don't need, Dharma used to always say, like, you don't have to have a lot to, Dharma's my my uh, guru, but um, he used to say, like, you don't need to have that much to live, just live very basic. And um, for me, that is my personal spiritual work is, you know, this whole year is about, you know, not letting the things that I have, have me. Um, and, you know, this is really to do with greed at the end of the day. You learned greed, right? Because uh, it's not in my nature to be greedy. You know, I, I love sharing, but it's definitely, it's become part of my fabric to have a lot of materialism, especially where we live. And then to always think that you want more, like you, sometimes you're a product of your surroundings and, um, you know, what's around you, you have to get out of the grip of that. And it's not, it's definitely not easy, but once you start sacrificing your self-help, then you know that you're going in the way wrong direction from where you wanted to start, you know? Yeah, for sure. And parting ways with some of my stuff. Um, clothes is my biggest one. I've gotten better with material things regarding like tchotchkes, you know, like that doesn't matter much to me anymore, but clothes is a big one. And I do try to ground myself every once in a while. And I look in my closet and there's certain clothes and it's really more like long sleeves and sweaters where I look at them and I'm like, wow, like, I haven't touched these clothes in like two, three plus years. And there's people that don't have something warm to wear. And when I stop myself and I look at that perspective, it makes it easier for me to put the piece of clothing in the bag because I've done research to find places locally to me that give clothes away for free because that was big to me. Like I didn't want to bring it to a Goodwill or a Savers. And I know it's more affordable. So it's not bad to bring it to those places because they're selling it for an affordable rate. But if someone were to come up to me and say, Hey, like, I, I don't have any pants. I, I need pants. I'd be like, Oh my God, take whatever you want. Like that's, if it were face yeah. to face, that's how I would react. So when I go through my closet, I try to imagine that I'm face to face with somebody in need and I give from that place, but it's how often do I go in that place? Right? Like I don't every single day go into my closet and think of something to get rid of. So, um, as we were cleaning my house, we also were discussing how many closets I'm taking up. <laughs> and how he shoved into like one little closet. <laughs> so bad. And um, I was like, I made a pact to myself this year. I said, okay. I said, my excuse is that my closets are all broken and I'm not making that up. That is literally like if I, my, the rungs are like breaking. If there's too much weight on it, it like falls down. So I need a new closet system. So I made a pact to myself and I said, when we fix this, which is going to be within the next couple of weeks, I said, I'm going to reorganize my clothes and whatever doesn't fit is going. And so I'm going to take that time to really like, I want to like half my closet because half of it I don't wear and it's just pathetic. And I really want to minimize and what am I holding on to? Like, it's an artistic perspective at the same time, but what a poor excuse to use, right? Because I could still be artistic with the other 50% of my clothes. It's, it's out of control. <laughs> yeah, I just need, I need to take a month off. <laughs> and then from there, start just like clean. I need like a month to clean too, just like clean out everything. I was watching that minimalist show. Have you ever seen that on Netflix? Oh, and that's they have inspiring. like, 
Yeah, they have like one t-shirt and like a pair of jeans. I'm like, I hope to be that free one day. Like that, I mean, I don't, not sure if I'll ever attain that, but you never know. You know, that's the idea. But I'm going to start one step at a time to see how much I could get rid of and just keep what I need. You know, I have little attachments to pictures and stuff. And I'm very artistic and, you know, it's just beautiful. You know, I have like cute little, I don't know, I get these little tchotchke pictures that's a, that's my thing <laughs> you, you know, know like a, that's not hurting anybody i don't know i think that your walls look beautiful i've seen all of your decorations i don't think there's any harm in that um maybe not to buy more <laughs> you know but like what you have i don't see anything wrong with it because you're so gonna give it away cute. and it's gonna sit somewhere else you know yeah i did stop buying mugs though there was a time i was like what <laughs> i'm only one person in my apartment you remember i even told you i was like please stop buying me mugs I was yep. like, I have so many mugs. It's insane. I'm like, I I go through like phases, you know. It's funny. I used to collect like folders when I was little. I think my little hoarder, hoarding issue started when I was younger. Like, just like I would go through these phases and just collect. And, you know, I'm not going to look into what that's all about. But, yeah, so it is funny. But, you know, you can't let all this stuff get in the way of self-care at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like, what, you know, are you taking care of yourself or do the things that you have, do they have you and how can you eliminate, you know, what you need so that you could flourish, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think this was a very productive um, conversation of taking that conversation and point and looking at it from a lot of different perspectives. Um, I hope this, us sorting through our thoughts, serves somebody out there um, who's also thinking about this or it raised a new perspective for you um because I feel like every time Raquel and I have a conversation I always have some sort of epiphany so they're very productive we, we dig deep when we talk right and we're always on the phone for what is it an hour now this is supposed to be a, a 20 minute podcast this happens yeah I was, I was literally trying to be more like superficial and fun and I'm just like I'm just such a deep human being. It's horrible. Yeah. Like I'm always, anal- I don't know, deep, like, right. I just like, like very analytical and really thinking, think, 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 you know, and um, maybe that's part of my issue too. <laughs> we'll go into that <laughs> another topic, but yeah, it's pretty wild, but I, you know, I had a good time today. Um, yeah, you know, next week we have no idea what our topics are going to be about. We kind of go with the flow. And, um, you know, so today was really about self-care. So I hope all of you guys listening, um, you know, have time and take some time for yourself and start to reflect. Do you, you know, do you have self-care? Does it even exist in your life, especially if you're a mom? Like, what are you doing for you? Don't lose your identity. Don't forget who you are as a human being. Go to that yoga class. Go to the beach. Do things that you love. Thank you, everybody. Drink a bottle of wine. (laughs) really quick hold on no i bought (laughs) the other day i have i never drink anymore but sometimes i do like a nice glass of wine and i went to the the store and i was asking for a riesling and um, i don't like the sweet rieslings like the cheap ones that you get so i was like oh whenever i get it at a restaurant it's always like a nice taste he points out these two bottles one of them raquel is shaped like a cat it's a black cat like the bottle and they're like oh yeah you look like all the other bottles but now they wanted to stand out marketing wise so they changed it and that's where they landed (laughs) it's like a cat bottle (laughs) man that's incredible that wine but everyone share your favorite wines in the comments and um we can end it there (laughs) 